The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Leadership Development News, Profiles and Practices of Top Performers. Leaders are the heartbeat of any organization. Let Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler share with you the pathway to becoming a top leader in your organization. Now, here are your hosts, Dr. Greenberg and Dr. Nadler. Welcome to Leadership Development News, Profiles and Practices of Top Performers. I'm Dr. Relly Nadler. My co-host, Dr. Kathy Greenberg, will not be with us today, um, but between Kathy and I, we have helped thousands of leaders and executives to perform in the top 10%. And, you know, we always try to have interesting folks who are doing things that's on the cutting edge. And today we have Jude Bijou, who's wrote a fascinating book, which we'll get into when we bring her on, called Attitude Reconstruction, a blueprint for building a better life. And so we have a series of questions that I'll go through to uh, – Pick Jude's brains as far as where this came about and some of the specific actions that you can take. So let me tell you a little bit about Jude. Jude Bijou is the daughter of a pioneer child behavioral psychologist, Sydney Bijou. Uh, Jude earned her B.A. from Reed College in Portland and has an M.A. in psychology from Carleton University, which is in Ottawa, Canada. So she's worked as a licensed marriage family therapist and private practice in Santa Barbara for over over 30 years. I've known Jude for, for almost all those years that she's been here in Santa Barbara, so this should be fun for us to uh, talk about what she's doing and get a little bit more in-depth. Jude is a longtime student of meditation and Vedic philosophy. She's also a sought-after uh, workshop leader who teaches adult education classes on communication through Santa Barbara City College. She speaks frequently to community groups on how to rewire thought patterns, understand feelings and emotions, and change lives for the better. And we're going to get into her uh, book that just uh, came out and has won multiple uh, awards for her book. And one of the things that we're going to be talking about today, and think about this as our our listeners, do you ever feel worried, anxious, or stressed, or overwhelmed at work? I'm sure you do. We all do. We're going to get some answers to that. Do you wish you had an easy way to use some tools that you could handle any uh, professional situations, you know, especially dealing with emotions? A lot of what we talk about on our show is around emotional intelligence, and so you're going to get some specific tips and tools other than that. Um, How would you like to feel more focused and efficient? and productive in what you're doing? And are you plagued by some guilt or low self-esteem? So those are some of the areas that we're going to talk about. So let me first uh, tell you a little bit about um, Dr. Kathy Greenberg, who's not with us today, but most of you who've been following our show know uh, Kathy uh, has authored multiple books on the science of happiness including what happy companies know. She has a bestseller, what happy working mothers know. And Kathy touches millions of lives in, in TV, radio, uh, at, and as a media personality. She has her executive consultancy, which is H2C Leadership, Happy Companies, Healthy People. She's also on the Morning Blend, an ABC TV show. 
And Kathy has a new app called Your Happiness Now, and you can find her at h2cleadership.com, and she and I both share a website called Excel Institute where you can find information about Kathy and, and myself. And uh, a little background for myself. Uh, one of the things that I'm most interested in, as your listeners know, is emotional intelligence, and that's why it's going to be fun talking with Jude. So I have a book called Leading with Emotional Intelligence that has a hundred, uh, hundreds of tools and strategies to develop star performers. And my website is truenorthleadership.com, and we have a free uh, emotional intelligence uh, iPhone app called Leadership Keys. Now we probably have about... 13,000 uh, downloads, you know, over 100 countries. It's for free. So you can have your leadership tips at your fingertips with the Leadership Keys uh, iPhone app. So you basically go to your app store and you download it. On Leadership Development News, why do we talk so much about leaders and we're going to tap into Jude's expertise? Well, the reason is 40% of organizations today say they're experiencing a significant gap in the number of skilled and trained leaders. And there's a lot of reasons for that. Um, there's a brain drain going on. One is we've lost a lot of jobs because of the recent Great Recession, about 8 million jobs. We have the baby boomers who are retiring, um, you know, at the tune of about 10,000 a day. Those are the folks between 55 and 65, and we're going to have a shortfall of workers, you know, in the years to come. And then the other reason of this brain drain is Gen X and Gen Y, those are the folks that we know are in the 30s and 40s, um, have been known to have a little bit less emotional intelligence. And the only reason is they're spending more hours in front of a screen. That screen could be a computer screen. That screen could be on their phone. For every hour that they're spending in front of a screen, they're not spending that hour in front of a person where they really have to focus on their communication. They have to be able to read the other person. So this whole idea of insight into what's going on with them and empathy and what's going on for others, there's just less uh, time for that. And some of the uh, evidence-based research that we like to talk about, and this should fit into what uh, Drew's going to talk about with attitude reconstruction, we like to say that the leader is the emotional thermostat of the team. And what does that mean? Well, emotions are contagious. And the more that you know about your emotions, the more that you can channel them. Who's the most contagious person on the team? Well, typically, it was going to be the leader. And also, it may be the person who has the most negative attitude. And that's why we're going to talk about attitude change, because like it or not, some of those negative emotions are stronger than the positive emotions. So think about your team. Think about uh, your focus why emotional intelligence and why understanding yourself, managing yourself, understanding others, managing others is so uh, important. Some of the research goes to, to prove this out, that to get someone in the top 10%, when you look at how smart they are, that's their IQ, you look at their technical expertise, and then you look at their emotional intelligence, a lot of the research is saying, depending on the study, anywhere from 50 to as much as 90%, of the key characteristics that allow someone to move up in an organization have to do with your ability to understand yourself, manage yourself, understand others, manage others, or your emotional intelligence. And one of the things that's so important is these are things that we can learn. 
Your IQ, we're pretty much stuck with whether it's good or bad. Your EQ, or emotional quotient, is something that we can change. And I think some of the strategies that Jude will go through in her book can tie immediately into some specific things that you can do to understand yourself better, manage yourself better, and understand others and manage others. And the good news is you can change your emotional intelligence. You can get better at this. And some of the things that in Jude's book is about rewiring your brain. And so, you know, we've talked about this a lot on our show. And the good news is there is a set point for how happy you are and your your optimism. Some of the research has shown about 50% of that is genetic. So if your parents are happy folks, good chance you will be. But the other 50% uh, is not genetic. And of that 50%, some of it's the situation and some of it is uh, habits and behaviors. So of that other 50%, only 10% is the situation. 40% are these habits and behaviors that are under our control. So that's really the good news. I know when I talk with people and we talk with Jude and her work, she'll see a lot of times people think the situation is 40% and I only have 10% control. Well, it really is the opposite of that. So, um, Jude, welcome to the show. My pleasure to be here, really, talking to you. Yeah, this is going to be fun. So let me just mention a couple other things about some of the awards your book uh, has won. So quite impressive. Uh, the 2012 Benjamin Franklin Award for self-help. There's another award for winner in psychology. There's another award for winner in, in self-help from four forward reviews. Another one in psychology and mental health. And the Nautilus Silver Award for personal growth and self-help. And then also the Los Angeles uh, Festival of Books. Uh, a winner there. So congratulations on all that. Thank you. It's been a long process, <laughs> but I'm so pleased with the outcome. You know, so uh, this would be a good opportunity to kind of dig a little bit deeper into the book. And, and we typically start off trying to get a little bit more of a background of, uh, about you. So who's been some of your key influences, you know, that have led you to maybe who you are today? Well, you know, there's been several. One, and you mentioned him briefly, is my father, because he was a scientist. And so I got that training to really observe and see what was going on. So I, that's one. And then I really wanted to find happiness, and I knew I wasn't finding it where I was. I wasn't happy. So that took me to the East, where I encountered some gurus or spiritual teachers like Maharishi Mahesh Yogi and Guru Mai Chidvalasananda. Then all those had to come together with all of the different, as they started to train to be a marriage and family therapist, different psychologists and ways of thinking. And then the last element really are clients and students and my own experience are, really has influenced what I am today and where my thinking has gone. Well, so that's a, a great uh, wealth of background. And so you've been working with individuals for, for how long now? I know you may not want to even say, but it's been quite a while, right? I got licensed in 1982, so that's uh, just 30 years. Okay. And so it's typically individual folks, but I imagine all walks of life and about their relationships, about their business world. Absolutely. Absolutely. Everything. Well, that's, that's great. And, and uh and I know you've been working on this book uh, because it's uh, it's been really something I've known 
that you've been working on. We've had a lot of conversations over the years that really you've put your heart and soul into this book. And maybe say a little bit about what is uh, Attitude Reconstruction, and then after that we'll talk a little bit more about how the book came about. That sounds great. It really started with I needed to find order about human behavior. And so I developed over the years a blueprint of the mind. And then a friend said, no, you can't sell just a blueprint, because so, that was just a one-page sheet. So that just really led me to creating this whole theory and trying to get it very, very clear about attitude reconstruction. And what I realized was that we can blame our boss or we can blame our economic situation or politics or bad luck, but that really... It's all of our problems, all of our bad, what I say, bad attitudes stem back to unexpressed sadness, anger, and fear. And what I realized that if we release those emotions physically and constructively, for example, by allowing ourselves to cry or shiver if we feel afraid or stomp around a little if we feel angry, we can change our attitudes. Well, that goes right into this. Uh, 40% that we were saying earlier, you know, is in our control. And so sadness, anger, and fear, we're going to get uh, more into this, um, but we're going to take our first break. This is Leadership Development News. We're talking with uh, Jude Bijou. And her. if you're interested in the book, and I'll say this a few times during the show, uh, Attitude Reconstruction, www.attitudereconstruction.com, um, has information about the book. She's got a, uh, a little assessment you can take. So... Um, go ahead there and check it out, and we're going to be right back with Leadership Development News. Get the news on our shows and other happenings by following us on Twitter. Find us at VoiceAmericaTRN or Twitter.com forward slash VoiceAmericaTRN. Most leaders underestimate their influence and power over others and thus underperform. Dr. Relly Nadler and Leaders Playbook help leaders point the way by providing the strategic place to get to the top in a simple paint-by-the-numbers process. Seasoned and emerging leaders will have answers to these questions. What are the steps to move up and become a star in your organization? How do you develop your people to be the next level leaders in the organization? What are your triggers that are holding you back and how do you manage them? How do you maximize your power and influence so you and your team perform better? What do you do to ensure your communication is received accurately? How do you delegate effectively? How do you develop strong relationships across the organization? Emotional intelligence training, coaching, books, and tools by Dr. Nadler are available at his website, www.truenorthleadership.com or 805-683-1066. Let Kathy Greenberg teach you and your team how to harness the power of happiness to generate even greater success and satisfaction at work. Did you know by applying coaching and the new science of happiness, you can improve your return on people anywhere from 50% to 350%. At H2C, we believe in both a return on people, that's ROP, as much as return on investment, or ROI. Kathy Greenberg, New York Times bestselling author of What Happy Working Mothers Know and internationally acclaimed What Happy Companies Know, is the leading global expert on coaching combined with the new science of happiness and originator of the Happiness Equals Profits business formula. 
Kathy's company, H2C. Happy Companies, Healthy People provides practical knowledge for individuals and entire companies to maximize their potential in as little as one day. Kathy is available for one-to-one executive coaching, group programs, and as an electrifying conference speaker. Catch Kathy Greenberg at leading conferences and as a spokesperson for Cancer Treatment Centers of America. For free tips and downloads, visit Kathy's award-winning book site, WhatHappyWorkingMothersKnow.com. Or for distinctive learning, practical solutions, and proven results for your business, visit Kathy Greenberg at H2CLeadership.com. That's H2CLeadership.com. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Listening to Leadership Development News, Profiles and Practices of Top Performers with your hosts, Dr. Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler. We know you have leadership questions for these noted experts, so call us toll-free at 1-866-472-5790. That number again is 1-866-472-5790. Now, let's get back to the show. Welcome back to Leadership Development News, Profiles and Practices of Star Performers. Today we're talking with Jude Bijou. She has a very interesting book uh, called Attitude Reconstruction. So we're just getting underway. She talked about some of the basic emotions of sadness, anger, and fear. We all have those. And so we're going to really start uh, moving into some of the practical as- aspects. Um, so how did you develop this theory, Jude? How did this, how did this come about? Well, I needed to bring together all of these different elements that I was accumulating because I wasn't finding one approach that was really taking care of answering the question that I was most concerned with, and that is, how can I be happy? How can I feel better than I feel right now? Hmm. And so that's where the different elements came came together from the different teachers and bringing it all together, the East and the West, and and my observations, all all together to uh, find effective answers that made sense. And that, so I, I really feel that I found those. And now what I want to do is share what I've learned. Uh-huh. Well, that's that's what's really great about this. And I know probably you, like me, I work, you know, I used to be a psychologist in private practice and now, you know, taking this into working with executives. But what's, I think what's so good about the practice piece you do is every day you can see what's working or not working and, and applying these and what kind of responses that you get from, from folks. So that's got to, had to be fascinating as you were kind of putting together the different pieces. It, absolutely. And, and one of the things that's in my book is that I have really synthesized it down to 33 bad attitudes. Uh-huh. 11 having to do at the base of sadness, 11 having to do with anger, and 11 having to do with fear. And so that means you've got 33 bad attitudes, and we all have different amounts of each of them. Uh-huh. And we can, like, okay, which of, where, where am I out a little bit today? What's not going well? Am I being critical or am I feeling overstressed? And go to an exact page and get some really practical tips. Well, this is good. That's exactly what we want to kind of zero in on. And when you wrote this, who were kind of the main people that you were thinking about, you know, uh, as far as the audience goes for that? Well, it's really aimed at anyone 
anyone who feels clueless about how to communicate effectively, anybody who goes, my negative chatter is driving me crazy. We're just tired of hearing about what a loser we are or about how everybody else is just, like, you know, not on the plan. Or uh, uh, really just, I, you know, I don't have control over my emotions. Mm-hmm. So the book is for anyone who knows that they're missing something and they want really practical information. So on one hand, it's a very encompassing approach because it deals with emotions and action and thoughts mm-hmm. and emotion. And on the other hand, it's very practical. This right. isn't working. Try this. Well, you know, looking at your, at your book, you know, you have your... Uh, sections that you go through emotions and then through thoughts and through intuition and then through speech uh, and then uh, with action. And so maybe say a little bit how those came about. And then I think what we'll do is, is we'll, we'll go to some of the key emotions and walk through them. But so how did you come up with those kind of key five areas that you kind of organize this around? Well, I realized that we all have five senses, and, you know, that's, you know, something we learn very young and makes really good sense, but that we also, see, the senses are how information comes in. I smell, I hear, I taste, I touch, feel, but what do we do with that mm-hmm. information that comes in? And what I realized over time is that we have five ways that we can respond to what comes in. We can have an emotional reaction. We can have thoughts about what happened. We can have an intuitive hit. We can start to communicate about what's happening, and we can move. We can take Mm. some action. So I think that everybody has, we're all born with these five tools. And what's cool is that underneath all of them, the rules that govern each of our tools are really the same. Some very simple principles underlie all of our five tools. Well, let me just let me just say a, you know a word about that, and then maybe to kind of hear what some of those uh, principles are. Um, you know, in some of the work uh, that I do, and, and Kathy also working with leaders and executives, uh, some of the brain neuroscience information is, is telling us you know things that we've known. You've known for thirty years. I've known for thirty years. But now we're kind of getting the background that most of us are on automatic. And, uh, you know, anywhere from, depending on what you see, you know, 90 to 95% of our reactions of what we do, you know, basically we're, in a, we're in, a, in a trance. We're not really disciplined about what's best for us. And a lot of it is dealing with exactly those five tools that you're talking about, your emotions, your thoughts, your intuition, your speech, and your actions. How do you become more um, disciplined about that? You know, when an impulse comes in, some of the research that we've interviewed, some neuroscientists, um, we know about uh, free will, and it's really called free won't. That supposedly (laughs) you have something like two-tenths of a second. An impulse comes in, and you have two-tenths of a second to have your free won't, meaning do something that's not automatic. And that's why I think as we get into, you know, these five areas, the education about yourself can allow those people to say, oh, here I go again, and maybe this time you do something different. So why don't you say a little bit of, you know, about the, kind of those, you said that what's underlying each of those five key areas were pretty simple and, and, and basic. Mm-hmm. But I want to add another point to what you're saying, which is Good. really fascinating about the autopilot, yeah. because I believe that why we are on autopilot is because of that unexpressed sadness, anger, and fear. 
Uh-huh. Because when we don't deal with our emotions, yes. we need to compensate in some way. And we look to see what our parents were doing to compensate. You know, we started to pick up their old habits, what our peers were doing, what we saw on television. We started to get these habitual ways to behave to compensate because we weren't dealing with our emotions. So I think we can change that, those ways of behaving, those ways of thinking, and extend that time so that in that tenth of a second, we've got some different ways that we can respond. Okay. And that makes a lot of sense, exactly kind of where, where you're going with this. So um, sadness, anger, and fear. So... I'm sure when you dealt with this, there's other emotions. Uh, you know, how did you how did you pick these three? You know, as kind of, and I know there's others, but the the others roll into those three, or or how do you configure that? Well, what I discovered is that emotions are nothing more than pure sensations in the body. Mm-hmm. So each has its own physiology. We have sadness, anger, and fear. And then the emotions exist in opposite, and those are joy, love, and peace. And each one has a different physiology. Uh-huh. So we can have a ton of different feelings. I can feel disappointed, and I can feel frustrated, I can feel overwhelmed, I can feel jealous, hundreds and hundreds, and positive emotions, uh, positive feelings as well. Uh, but underneath those feelings are those physiologies. Mm-hmm. We, we think different things, and so we create all those feelings given right. that's what's happening. But underneath it, there's just six physiologies, six emotions. Right, right. You know, I've heard this, and other folks that we've interviewed on this, you know, especially around emotional intelligence, which is really exactly, you know, where a lot of your stuff falls under, is understanding yourself and managing yourself and understanding others and managing others, that these emotions, it's just a, a chemical reaction. It's just data. It's kind of information that's going on. And I think many of us, like we said, are on automatic. And, and so we, we don't know about this data. And so it sounds like you're saying a lot of this is going on, and then some of the, the autopilot is we're compensating maybe to not feel some of these things or don't know how to appropriately express them. Exactly, because what we got, we got a lot of messages when we were very young. I mean, think of an infant. They naturally have a, you know, face gets red and they start to scream and yell. They have a temper tantrum. They cry, and then they get over it. What happened with us, we started to get messages really quite young, and men got, you know, uh, girls, you know, if you're going to be a sissy if you cry, you know, right. don't cry or I'll give you something to cry about. Yeah, or yeah. Girls, you're not pretty when you're angry. Or don't be a scaredy cat. We got so many messages yeah. that said, don't feel these. And then we go, but I do. So then we've got to do something to compensate. Right, right. And then it gets kind of like you're saying, lodge in your body. So I guess we have these don't feel messages. And I remember thinking about uh, this and earlier on, some of the stuff I saw that, and you think about a two-year-old, you know, around these don't-feel messages, they get something like a 13-to-1 uh, ratio of no to yes. And, and it's usually out of protection from the parents. No, don't do that. Don't touch that. No, 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 no. You know, there's five no's already versus the yeses. And so a lot of that turns into some of this, you know, and you and I know how they deal with themselves. So they're a lot, you know, we're a lot more negative with with ourselves than positive. Absolutely.
absolutely. I think that really hits. Uh, I think that really hits it because that's one of those things that I really got was from my father was to really look at what's working, and it's okay. like, you know, praise the good, look for the good, and praise it. Yeah. It's it's not like no 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 no. It's like oh they were just quiet and w- were absorbed in their um, studies. Go over and tossle their head and say good guy. Yeah. Then I've heard of something like that. Twenty to two is a good thing. Twenty pieces of praise or appreciation for two right. pieces of feedback. So that's kind of 10 to 1. And I know some of the stuff, John Gottman, you know, who's a uh, psychologist around couples, he, he's advocating in relationships 5 to 1. And then they've used that same thing, Barbara Fredrickson and other folks in the business world are 3 to 1. And even 3 to 1, like you're saying, 10 to 1, even 3 to 1, uh, you know, I don't have that. Most people in the business world don't have that. But that's kind of, at least it's a goal to try to say, okay, how do I focus on what's good and focus on the positive? So let me ask you, one of the questions that we have here is, is around this negative emotions. Uh, what negative emotion do you think living in today's world evokes the most? Fear is really big these days, right? We're, yep. we're afraid about our job. We're afraid if we have enough money. We're afraid if our spouse is, you know, faithful. We have so many things. But we, we have these emotions, sadness, anger, and fear, and they're just natural. Yeah. You know, that's the whole thing. They're just natural emotions. You know, we get hurt or we experience an injustice or a violation or we feel threatened. And it's natural to have those emotions. So those aren't negative. Right, right. They become negative when we don't handle them in a healthy way. Yeah. Because then we start to compensate. And that's where we have those bad attitudes because we start to compensate, and then we start to do that, uh, like say I'm down on myself. So every time I don't cry or I don't deal with my sadness, I say, oh, there's something wrong with me. Oh, I'm no good. Oh, I I blew it again, whatever. We start thinking these old messages, and they only make us feel more sadness or more anger or more fear. That's when the emotions, sadness, anger, and fear become negative. Okay, good, good. Well, I want to get more into this. We're going to go to our, our next uh, break. This is going by fast. Uh, we're talking with Drew Bijou. AttitudeReconstruction.com is her website and where you can get some more information about the blueprint and the book. So this is Leadership Development News, and we'll be right back. Your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network shows and hosts are in your car, outdoors, and wherever you need them to be. Listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Let Kathy Greenberg teach you and your team how to harness the power of happiness to generate even greater success and satisfaction at work. Did you know by applying coaching and the new science of happiness, you can improve your return on people anywhere from 50% to 350%. At H2C, we believe in both a return on people, that's ROP, as much as return on investment, or ROI. Kathy Greenberg, New York Times bestselling author of What Happy Working Mothers Know and internationally acclaimed What Happy Companies Know, is the leading global expert on coaching combined with the new science of happiness and originator of the Happiness Equals Profits business formula. 
Kathy's company, H2C. Happy Companies, Healthy People provides practical knowledge for individuals and entire companies to maximize their potential in as little as one day. Kathy is available for one-to-one executive coaching, group programs, and as an electrifying conference speaker. Catch Kathy Greenberg at leading conferences and as a spokesperson for Cancer Treatment Centers of America. For free tips and downloads, visit Kathy's award-winning book site, WhatHappyWorkingMothersKnow.com. Or for distinctive learning, practical solutions, and proven results for your business, visit Kathy Greenberg at H2CLeadership.com. That's H2CLeadership.com. Most leaders underestimate their influence and power over others and thus underperform. Dr. Relly Nadler and Leaders Playbook help leaders point the way by providing the strategic place to get to the top in a simple paint-by-the-numbers process. Seasoned and emerging leaders will have answers to these questions. What are the steps to move up and become a star in your organization? How do you develop your people to be the next level leaders in the organization? What are your triggers that are holding you back and how do you manage them? How do you maximize your power and and influence so you and your team perform better. What do you do to ensure your communication is received accurately? How do you delegate effectively? How do you develop strong relationships across the organization? Emotional intelligence training, coaching, books, and tools by Dr. Nadler are available at his website, www.truenorthleadership.com or 805-683-1066. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. You're listening to Leadership Development News, profiles and practices of top performers with your hosts, Dr. Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler. We know you have leadership questions for these noted experts, so call us toll-free at 1-866-472-5790. That number again is 1-866-472-5790. Now, let's get back to the show. Welcome back to Leadership Development News, Profiles and Practices of Top Performers. So to be a top performer, it's vital that you know how to change your attitude. And part of that is what we're talking about with Jude Bijou here around your thoughts, around your emotions, kind of what do you say, your actions, your intuition. So before we, we took a break, Jude, you were talking about some of the old messages. And um, I've dealt with folks, and often, and I'm sure you have too in prior practice, but in, in executive coaching, it's so amazing to me, and this leads to confidence or maybe lack of confidence, how many people are more on their case than on their side? And this goes back to, you know, someone we both know, Dr. Gary Linker. I heard this years ago, and I've used this over and over and over, and I have a chapter or part of it in my book, Are You On Your Case or Are You On Your Side? And it gets into the thinking aspect. So why do you think so many people are on their case or, you know, the negative self-talk then really kind of, and then we'll talk about how they pull themselves out of it. Well, I think that it's a really, it's a, du- a dual element because if we go, all right, the emotions that are causing me trouble are sadness, anger, and fear. When I don't handle those, I'm going to compensate. So since it's about ourselves on our own case or on our own side, that makes it a sadness issue. Mm. That's just where the mind goes when we don't take care of our sadness and don't cry enough. We automatically turn it against ourselves. 
But because we're so negative about on our case, there's also there's that element of anger. You know, we have that we should we should get it right the first time. We should we shouldn't have blown it. And so there's that anger element as well. So um, those are the two emotions that we have to deal with when we want to start to become our best friend rather mm-hmm. than our worst enemy. Well, all right, so we talk about the sadness and the, and the anger, and then some of it may, and then we'll get to the fear. But so um, you really got some great tips in your book, and just so people know, so you, got, you have charts of moving sadness to joy. You have charts of moving anger to love. You have charts and, and tools, you know, for um, moving fear, and you move fear to, what do you Peace. move to? Fear to what? Peace. You're to peace. Okay, good. So let's kind of stay with this a little bit as far as, because this goes into the whole thoughts that people are having, destructive thoughts, constructive thoughts. Um, you know, how does, someone, how does someone get out of that from your destructive thinking, you know, we're saying kind of on your case, to get uh, maybe more on your side? You have some really interesting things about, you know, whether it's affirmations or truths. And so maybe say a little bit about that. Mm-hmm. What I realized as I listened to people over the years was that they we're all thinking pretty much the same kind of thing. <laughs> uh-huh. And we think I'm just so unique. I'm the only one that's right, right. walking down the street going, what a jerk I am. Yeah. But we're all thinking the same kind of thought. So early in my practice, I would spend time with people to help them identify exactly what they're thinking that's not working for them. Yes. And then I would help them find an opposite, a contradiction mm-hmm. That's true. Not an affirmation that, you know, you wish I'm the most peaceful person in the whole world. Right. But something that is a true statement. And then it's a matter of practice. It's a matter of substitution. Okay. So what I found and what's in the book, and also I'm sure it's on the website somewhere, is really what I call reliable truths. And there's about a dozen of them that I would say contradict... mm, 85, 90% of our destructive thinking about ourselves, right. about other people and situations, and about uh, uh, that help us stay present and specific, because that's what happens when we have that fear, is we get way into the future based on the past and make big X. Ex- ex- right, right. Well, let me uh, say a word about that, and then maybe we'll get into some of these reliable truths. I'm looking at that in your, in your book now, because these are, these are really great. Um, you know, it's, Typically, we're always evaluating ourselves, and this is the automatic piece. And so one of the metaphors that I use that most people are evaluating themselves, it's like a calculator. And it's always, it's usually prefaced by, I should have done something more, I should have done something better, I should have done something faster, more, better, faster, more, better, faster. (laughs) And then it leads into this self-evaluation, which leads into self-esteem and all that. And often, if we look at this as a calculator, we don't realize, and this is some of what you have with the reliable truths, the calculator is broken. We type in these numbers, and we're waiting for something to come up on the screen, and we think it should read 1,000, and instead it reads 100. We go, oh, no, this is worse than I thought. We think it should read 100, and instead it reads 10. Oh, this is terrible. But we never go back to, as I'm framing this, this kind of evaluation system. And often I've had to say to people, you know, your evaluation system, it's busted. It doesn't even work right. I don't know why you're relying on that. It's busted. And so it goes back to what you're saying and some of these kind of uh, reliable truths. So let's maybe talk about some of these because uh, 
let's say, you know, this idea of kind of being on your side or honoring yourself, you know, around sadness, what would be some of the reliable truths because people are saying something that's probably inaccurate or destructive? Right, and this is where you figure out... Uh, you have to find a truth that resonates for you. So right. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you about three of them. Some of them will go, oh, that's for me, and then the next one, oh, that doesn't hit it at yeah. all. So it's got to be personalized because it needs to contradict what your old thinking is and really feel like, yes, this will take me to what I know is really true. So you could go something like, life is for learning, we all make mistakes. Yeah. Life is for learning, we all make mistakes. Like yep. this for learning, we all make mistakes, and we can start to repeat that. Or you can say, I'm doing the best I can. I did the best I could. I did the best I could. I did the best I could. Yeah. Or the last one we could say is, if, you know, if I knew then what I know now, I would have done it differently. Yeah. But I didn't. But if I did, if I knew then, I would have done it differently. What, what's really good about this? Uh, and it does really tie into a lot of stuff I have in my book, Leading with Emotional Intelligence. Um, you're really on your side, and you're turning that you're taking that whip or a beating. So I talk about the difference between a beating or a learning. And so you're taking what could be automatic a beating, and maybe it worked in your past. It no longer you don't it, you can't deal with kind of the suffering of the beating. And how do you turn it into a learning? But the other thing around for any of folks who lead a team who are maybe listening to us, if you're not aware of this and you're doing it to yourself, somebody walks in your office and the internal dialogue of being on your case, you're giving yourself a beating, can be the same dialogue you're having with someone externally. Now, if someone else walks in your office or your cubicle, it's the same conversation. Oh, well, I thought you were going to do this, this uh, more. I thought you were going to get to this sooner. You know, you could do this better. Now you are unconsciously putting that on others, which can turn you into the bad boss. So that's why this is so vital, what Jude's saying, is, is that self-management piece. Yes. Yes, and it's so, it's so important because it is so easy to project, like I'll take, for instance, our anger. We've got all this energy in our body because the world isn't the way we want it to be, right? Right, right. And what do we do? We don't move that energy out physically. Yeah. We, we don't, because I say, go into the bathroom, go into that stall and grab the, the door of the stall and shake the daylights out of it on its hinge. It's like, ah! Just move that energy for a couple of minutes, uh-huh. and you'll find, oh, okay, I can recalibrate. Right. I don't have to go and dump it on the next person who walks in. Yeah. Because that's what we need to do. We need to find constructive and physical ways to handle that emotional energy. You know, and I think like you're saying the people that do this the best, and if you're in the work setting, is taking your 15-minute break and get outside and, and, and walk or, you know, you, or stop or something where, where no one's seeing you, but you can do that physically just to get out of your, your work setting. And it sounds like that's what you're, you're saying in regards to that. Yes, but it's not, for me it's not so much walking and it's not really exercise mm-hmm. and it's not deep breathing. What it really is, is I've got to move that energy. So maybe you go behind the office building or you go into your car and you take the steering wheel and you shake it and you make, you don't go, darn it, and I'm, I'm such a jerk and how, uh, you go, oh, because it's just energy. Oh, 
and you do put that energy out against your steering wheel, not while you're driving, but while you're sitting there, uh-huh. to just move that physical energy because that's that, it's that hot energy right, that, right. Wants, that wants to destroy and lash out. I just have to move that energy, and it only takes a couple of minutes. Yeah. So, that's going to do better than, see, when you're exercising and going for a walk, you're usually still entertaining the old thoughts where we want to just move the energy physically uh-huh. so that then we can put in a new thought. So, so get it out and then physically, so almost to kind of let it drain, that's the physical part, let it drain out so you can put something, there's room for something else in there. Exactly, exactly. Just got to allow the, the emotion to do what it wants to do. Because right. We can also take the emotion of fear because it's so prevalent in our society. Yeah. And what, what happens when we really feel fearful, what happens? The body starts to shake and shiver, you know, like a panic attack. Right, right. Or, you know, like that's what the body wants to do. And what do we do? We tighten up. We get tighter and tighter and tighter until, you know, our head starts to just throb and we constrict rather than shaking and shivering. And okay. I know that sounds so weird. People go, oh, my gosh, I just can't imagine it. But think about what a dog does at a vet. They're, 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 in, they're hovering in the corner, and it's just quivering and trembling. Mm-hmm. Or what a frightened child does. They naturally, it's our natural body reaction. So if we just get up and say, you can go into the bathroom or go behind that building or Whatever, and just allow ourselves to shiver all up and down the spine and out the legs, and you make noises like, woo, 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 you know, and just move that energy. It's a different energy than that anger. Anger, I want to destroy something. But for fear, it's, it's, I just have to move that agitated energy out of the body, and it will pass in a minute or two. You'll go, oh, okay, I'm back. Oh, I'm back. But I've moved that energy physically. So let me just underline that, at least for folks that, that are listening, and then we'll, we'll go to our next break, is, the, is physically to kind of discharge this. And what you're saying, it only can t- it, you know, it, it takes a minute or two minutes, three minutes to do something. Yes, you may feel a little silly, um, but in the two or three minutes, instead of hanging on to that, and we'll talk about when we come back, maybe what goes on when you hang on to that. Um, so, Jude, we're going to go to our, our last break. And so this is Leadership Development News. We're talking with Judy Bijou, her book, Attitude Reconstruction, and her website, www.attitudereconstruction.com. And we'll be right back. What's going on behind the scenes with your favorite Voice America show or host? For the latest news, visit the iRadio blog at iradioblog.com. Let Kathy Greenberg teach you and your team how to harness the power of happiness to generate even greater success and satisfaction at work. Did you know by applying coaching and the new science of happiness, you can improve your return on people anywhere from 50% to 350%. At H2C, we believe in both a return on people, that's ROP, as much as return on investment, or ROI. Kathy Greenberg, New York Times bestselling author of What Happy Working Mothers Know and internationally acclaimed What Happy Companies Know, is the leading global expert on coaching combined with the new science of happiness and originator of the Happiness Equals Profits business formula. 
Kathy's company, H2C, Happy Companies, Healthy People, provides practical knowledge for individuals and entire companies to maximize their potential in as little as one day. Kathy is available for one-to-one executive coaching, group programs, and as an electrifying conference speaker. Catch Kathy Greenberg at leading conferences and as a spokesperson for Cancer Treatment Centers of America. For free tips and downloads, visit Kathy's award-winning book site, WhatHappyWorkingMothersKnow.com, or for distinctive learning, practical solutions, and proven results for your business, visit Kathy Greenberg at H2CLeadership.com. That's H2CLeadership.com. Most leaders underestimate their influence and power over others and thus underperform. Dr. Relly Nadler and Leaders Playbook help leaders point the way by providing the strategic place to get to the top in a simple paint-by-the-numbers process. Seasoned and emerging leaders will have answers to these questions. What are the steps to move up and become a star in your organization? How do you develop your people to be the next level leaders in the organization? What are your triggers that are holding you back and how do you manage them? How do you maximize your power and influence so you and your team perform better what do you do to ensure your communication is received accurately how do you delegate effectively how do you develop strong relationships across the organization emotional intelligence training coaching books and tools by dr nadler are available at his website www.truenorthleadership.com or 805-683-1066 voice america business network the bottom line in business. You're listening to Leadership Development News, profiles and practices of top performers with your hosts, Dr. Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler. We know you have leadership questions for these noted experts, so call us toll-free at 1-866-472-5790. That number again is 1-866-472-5790. Now, let's get back to the show. Welcome back to Leadership Development News, Profiles and Practices of Star Performers. We're getting some tips and tools from Drew Bijou, who has a book, Attitude Reconstruction, a blueprint for building a better Life. So, uh, Jude, let's talk a little bit about going from some of the truths from anger to love, because a lot of times people may have anger towards their boss or coworker. Things aren't fair. What are some of the uh, ways to go to a reliable truth? Well, we all have anger because, you know, especially like in the family situation, it's like people aren't the way we want them to be. You know, we have our expectations and we have our shoulds, and when people don't leave, uh, you know, conform to what we, how we think they should be, we get angry, we get frustrated. So one of the best truths that contradicts all of that old thinking is something that uh, uh, I learned from Dr. Albert Ellis many, many years ago, and he said, people and things are the way they are, not the way I want them to be. Right. People and things are the way they are, not the way I want them to be. And if we can, you know, again, I, I... do that of repetition because it is a matter of we've got to put those thoughts in our brain by repetition, by over and over reminding of ourselves of that reality. But when we get it, and my partner is the way he is or she is, not the way I want her to be, my partner is the way she is, we can go, oh, yeah, I get it. They, 
they walk faster than I would like they they do. They yeah. um, they're messy in the kitchen. What whatever it is, if we can accept it, then we can move forward. All right, that is the way they are. They are slower than I am. What am I going to do? But I'm no longer going to respond from an angry level. I'm going to be able to say with clarity, well, what are we going to do about that? This project needs to be done by this time. How are we going to reapportion mm-hmm. duties, whatever? But it's based on accepting the way things are. Right. It doesn't mean accept and then become passive. It means accept so that I can feel some love or feel some okayness and then move forward. You know, a lot of times in some of the leadership groups we talk about, and this goes back to, I think, you know, AA, is you have to name it to tame it. And so it's just, you know, to kind of name your, your thoughts in a, in a positive way. It gives you some, some control. You know, the other thing I think you said is, you know, along this one is he or she is doing the best they can. They're not, in a sense, they're not doing this to me. They're doing the best they can. That's yes. another great one. Yes, and along that it's not personal. A lot of times yes. when people are getting their anger out at us, that we, uh, we can either take it on and just get creamed and feel so bad about ourselves or want to just strike back. Right. Or I say we become the matador and we just let it go by because it's not our, it's their anger. They're, I'm just the convenient target and just let it go by and let it go by. And then so say just a word or two before we move on to going from fear to peace. What are some of the reliable truths? Well, uh, Again, everybody needs to figure out what will serve them best. But one is that this feeling is temporary. Yes. This situation will pass. Because at the moment, it feels like, oh, my gosh, ah, and, and we, you know, we get so we work ourselves up rather than this is temporary, this will pass. Well, this goes right back to kind of the learned optimism that Martin Seligman talked about. You know, things are, are temporary versus permanent. Things are specific versus pervasive. And then also kind of how do you take the appropriate amount of responsibility. So it kind of leads right into that. Exactly. And there's one other thing, because one of the ways that we perpetuate our own fear is by these global always and nevers. Yes. And what we want to do is, and I think as I tell people in my communication class, uh, the tattoo artist will be here at 3 o'clock because we need to have this concept of being and staying specific. Okay. And that kind of leads us into the communication because your thoughts, your feelings, your intuition all get portrayed by your communication or your speech or your actions. And so let's talk a little bit about some of the communication, maybe the, the communication rules, and you, then you also have some interesting stuff about violations. Uh-huh. Well, yes, because what I have learned, again, the same principles of, of really taking good care of yourself and honoring yourself and accepting other people and being really present and specific are really the rules of communication. So I say there are really only four rules. Mm-hmm. First rule, talk about yourself. That means this is what I need, this is what's true for me. If when I go in and telling you what you didn't do and you, you blew it and you're not okay and you, 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 we can't hear. That's not going to further the conversation. Mm-hmm. So we have to really stick with what do I need, what do I want, what's true for me right now. Bring the focus back to ourselves. That's the first rule. The second rule is the same concept. Stay specific. 
stay specific. We all know that thing where we start out with one topic with our partner and Two or three hours later, we have brought in the whole kitchen sink of 20 different topics, and which have we solved? Basically none. We've just stirred it all up. Rather than staying specific, like the thing that really, really is so interesting is that we use specifics in most areas of our life, in architecture, in business, in uh, cooking, in engineering, huh. in, in the legal system, in finance, everything, almost everything, is even in, mu- in music and dance. It's all based on specifics. But nobody said communicate in specifics. So huh. that's, that's, great. that's the second rule, specifics. So we have eyes, talk about myself, about a specific thing. That's rule one and two. So the third rule is I call kindness, mm-hmm. and that means look for the solution, look for the positive, look for what you can praise, look for what you're grateful for. Put your energy toward moving things forward rather than on the negative, because the negative is just going to bring right. everybody down. And that kind of leads to the, the positive psychology stuff of well, we know about, and it's kind of thinking about what's, what's good about this. We went back to that 3 to 1 ratio. It almost gets the brain leaning forward, and I like that analogy, leaning forward towards a solution because now you're kind of future. How do I look for the kindness here? And you're going to find it. So that's that's right. And then what's the fourth one? The fourth one is listening, which is great because it means when I'm talking, I only have one rule or three rules, eyes, specifics, and kindness. But even if he goes with eyes and specifics, kindness will come. The fourth rule is to put, I say, put that duct tape over our mouth and just listen to try to understand the other person's position. We're too much into what am I going to say next and, oh, I don't like what right. you're saying and right. so on. Rather, because in the same in classes, I'll say, all right, who feels listened to enough? Yeah. Maybe one out of the group will say that they do. We need to... Listen to understand. It's not listen to go, yeah, 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 right. yeah, yeah. What are they really trying to say? Well, and this goes back, and we're going to wrap this up in a, in a minute. Stephen Covey's habit number five, seek to understand before you're understood. And we all go to want to be understood, and even in conversations, I often say that if no one's really listening, it's a dual monologue. And each person has the topic. There's some topic in, in common, but each person tells their story about that topic. So no one's really listening to each other, and I think that's a lot more common. And what, and what happens when we start to listen more is we start to feel more love. We feel less anger, yes. and we feel more love. See, it's all in pairs. But it's because we get, oh, that's just as valid as my position. It's different, but it's just right. as valid. How are we going to put it together? Well, I mean, we can end on this and see if there's any kind of final words that you want to say. But Stephen Covey, again, has said, listening is to the relationship as breath is to the body. So, I mean, that's pretty dramatic. So any last things that you, that you want to say? Um, and I'll give your website again. is www.attitudereconstruction.com for your book, and you've got a bunch of tools there. Well, on the website, there is, as I said, there's a blueprint that people can download for free. There's an assessment, like you say, a very brief assessment. And then, depending on your results, you can go and find some tips uh, of what will work for you. I also, uh, the book is available as an e-book as well as a regular book. And I just have come out with another one called uh, 33 Bad Attitudes and What You Can Do About It. 
Is that an e-book or what is that? That's an e-book. Oh, great, great. And that goes back to this, some of the material here. Well, exactly. Well, Jude, this has been very enlightening. I'm, I'm glad we got a chance to go deeper into what you have and, and uh, what you're able to share. So there's a lot of wisdom here. And Jude Bijou, www.attitudereconstruction.com. This is Leadership Development News. If you want some more information about myself and some of the things that Dr. Kathy Greenberg and I do, our website is www.excelinstitute.com. So tune in again uh, next week to tune up your performance. Thank you. You've been listening to Leadership Development News, profiles and practices of top performers with your hosts, Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler. We sincerely hope that you gained some great ideas and inspiration on how to elevate your leadership skills. Join us again next Monday at noon Eastern Time and 9 a.m. Pacific Time right here on the Voice America Business Channel.